Good morning, Open Door. I saw a guy selling seats on the way in. If you wanted them, they were two together. You could get two or three together. It was not cheap, but that's good church going right there. My dad is sitting right here right now, and he is so jealous that I'm getting to preach in front of this many people in this auditorium. It is not even... It is not even right. I could just feel it. Like, I didn't, I couldn't even look at him. He golfed in Scotland all last week. I don't feel bad for him. So, um, My name is Caleb Lynch. I'm part of the preaching team here. If you are new, we are so thankful that you're here. If you're old, we're out of seats. If you could take a break today. Um, We are in a series, Romans 12 to the end of uh, Romans 16, and we are kind of finishing it up. We're, we're halfway through the book, uh, the chapter of 15, and that's where we'll pick up today. Before we get going, I want to put a slide up. Um, I want us to take a second, and I want us to pause, and I want you for yourself, maybe a minute to answer those two questions, what is the gospel and what does it mean to be a minister of Jesus Christ? We use those phrases, we read those phrases, we see those phrases. What do they mean? Take a second. you have your Bible, um, turn with me to Romans 15, 14. If you don't have it, it'll be up on the screen. And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again, because of the grace that was given to me from God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest, the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. For I will not presume to... Per- Presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by the word and deed. In the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and roundabouts as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And And thus I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already named, so that I would not be building on another man's foundation, but as it is written, they who had no news of him shall see. They who had not heard shall understand. And verse 22, I like this. For this reason, uh, I have often not been able to be with you. What we're getting here from Paul, he's, he's done a really good job from Romans 12 until about here of saying, 
if all of Romans 1 through 12 is true, then this is how we should live. And now he's, he's taking us into his story. He's taking us into his life. And he's saying, this is what it's looked like for me. This is what it, how it's played out for me. This is what I've experienced. This is what I've believed. This is what I've been doing. And you hear him saying phrases like, I was a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles because of the gospel. You hear him using phrases, uh, I speak of nothing except for what Christ Jesus has done through me. So what is the gospel? Let's go there first. Let's keep it simple today. What is the gospel? I'm going to play a video clip for you that I think is helpful. It's of my daughter, Peyton. She's three years old. Uh, It's a quick video, and it's going to play fast, so pay attention because I think this will help. Turn the lights down, maybe. I didn't know if you knew about the chew toy park, so I just felt like we had to get that in there. Um, I'm, I'm sitting uh, in our Selah V meeting, our, our, our leadership team meeting before uh, our Selah V class starts, and this is a couple of weeks ago. And um, I'm sitting there, and, and Billy Philemon and I are talking, and I said, how are you doing? You know, and, and what do you, and I think we got into the conversation, what are you learning, what God's teaching you? And, and she, she says to me, she says, you know, I'm, I, I have this idea of what, what is the gospel? God, God's stirring in my heart of what is this thing called the gospel? And uh, I didn't think much of it. I, th- I thought, well, that seems like a nice journey you're on. Um, but then I read this passage and I thought, I'm going to be teaching on some of those thoughts. And so uh, I've asked Billy to share uh, just, just for a few minutes. If you don't know Billy Philemon, it goes like this. Mother Teresa and then Billy Philemon right here. And he's full of it. <laughs> well... It's my privilege to be a part of the women's Bible study team here at Open Door. And there are, I would say, between 15 and 20 of us. We're small group leaders, and uh, God has done an amazing thing among us. Um, We just finished three sessions of our Bible study that we do each year. We have a fall study, a spring study, a winter study, and a spring study. And then when the spring study is pretty well underway, we have a retreat. And all of us that can go away, and that time is set apart so we can listen to Jesus and see what direction he would take us for the next year. Now, you may think there's a little mysticism in that. There is not. 
It's a time that we are learning to listen and be led by the Spirit of God. And that is exactly what he does. So we come back, and then um, after all the studies are done, usually around the 1st of June, we start meeting. We make a firm commitment. As long as we're in town, we're going to be there every Tuesday morning. And we start to unravel. Well, actually, God does that. But we bring it before him, and we start studying some of those things that he brought up when we were on retreat. So a few weeks ago, um, Marsha Kuyper said, we're going to be studying this, 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 and this, and the gospel. And I had that feeling of God's spirit, which feels like there is a flame that just went off. And I said, and she said, she needs some for next week. Okay, so that was going to be the gospel. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be gone for four days, and this really isn't a good time for me. And so I gave my list of rebuttals, and the feeling stayed, you know, that conviction of say it, do it. And so we, I knew what the question was, and the question was, ta-da, what is the gospel? I feel like that word has become a bit of a rug in Christendom right now. We have had many. We will have, if Jesus doesn't return, we'll have more. And it becomes that place that we sweep things under. And most of the time, I find, it's what we really don't understand. And I have known for a while that the gospel was one of those things for me. So everybody went home. That was the homework. What is the gospel? And we came back. And that's where the movement and the motion and the teaching and the format of what will become the fall study uh, takes place. So these are some of the things that stood out to me about what is the gospel. The Hebrew Old Testament word was used to describe the report of victory in battle. The Greek New Testament word means good news or good tidings. The first good news was to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden after they had sinned. God promised them there would be one who would save them ultimately from sin. The ribbon of promise is throughout the Old Testament. Jesus preached extensively about the gospel and commissioned his disciples to do the same. We are not saved by Jesus' teaching of the gospel, but by Jesus and his work on the cross. It is imperative that we recognize the gospel of the Bible and any other gospel that deviates from the truth. So God has been taking me back to the words that I've heard and used and had basic understanding of for much of my life. For me now, the clearest definition is this. The good news is that I have been saved by Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection from the penalty of sin, that's justification, the power of sin, that's sanctification, and will be saved forever, that's glorification. That, indeed, is very good news 
The battle has been won, and my future is secured. It's time for me to understand and live with intention these words that I used and said I believe. I think that's probably an invitation for us all. Thanks. I was wrong. It's uh, Billy Philemon, then (laughs) Teresa. Thank you, Billy. Jesus is the gospel, as proclaimed by Billy, as proclaimed all through this book. Something interesting happens in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus actually shows up onto the scene. And at one point, he goes and he gets baptized, and his ministry begins. People are aware of him. They know he's out there amongst them. And it says all throughout the Gospels, many times, I think over 20 times, it says that Jesus himself, the Gospel, Jesus, he is the Gospel, right? It says that he went into synagogues and temples, and he preached the Gospel. Jesus is the gospel, and he was teaching the gospel. My question that I ask, what is the gospel, and Billy hits on it so well. I want to read something that Paul, at the beginning of Romans, I want to read what he, what he writes. These are his first words as he's getting, getting ready to write Romans. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, this is the part that I want us to focus on, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scripture concerning his son. Would you put this next slide up? The interesting thing about the gospel, when we think of the gospel, we think of this man and we think of this event. We think of Jesus and we think of a cross and resurrection. And that's the gospel message. The most unbelievable, most phenomenal thing about the gospel is that the gospel was first a plan before all of existence. It was God in heaven creating a plan for how he would win our hearts to him. So the gospel, the good news, as Billy describes, that's the definition of the gospel, started out as a plan. And all throughout Scripture, all throughout mankind, it became a promise. That there was this coming Messiah, that there would be a Savior, that people would be redeemed. It became a promise. And then the event took place. And this guy Jesus showed up onto the scene, and he bore our sins, and he died for us. And the good news is that that death, that event, became a gift. A free gift. And the good news is that in receiving that gift, it provided revival. It revived our souls. It woke us up. It gave us life, like full life. Like we use the term new creation. And the beauty of the gospel, the message of the good news, is that that plan that became a promise, that became an event, that then turned into a gift that became a revival within us also is the restoration of humankind. 
for all eternity. That is your gospel. And Paul says it. He says he promised it beforehand through the prophets. It's this beautiful idea. That, that, that is the gospel. I, I wrote this piece, and I, I'm going to read it as it's up here. You can go to the next slide. The gospel, the good news is that the God of all things looks at a broken world and he knew it would break and still created it pure. And he looks on arms open wide and he sees a creation that has betrayed him, a creation that has chosen self over a savior, a creation that has chosen power over protection, a a creation that has chosen lust over love. And so in his quest for all to be redeemed and all to be restored back to its perfect place, he sends his son, Jesus. And he asks him to take on all of our selfish, lustful, impulsive, power-hungry desire and wear them as though they were his own. In doing so, Jesus experiences the full destruction of our evil. God could have used many vehicles to bring about restoration. But he chose to use death, a wicked, cruel, hideous death as the vehicle to transport our evil back into the hands of its original master. And as Satan tries to grab hold of the wickedness, his grip is only strong enough to hold our junk. And the king who bore all that evil escapes hell and death and takes his seat back on his throne. And in the most important moment in history, he looks to his father and says, we did it. It worked. It's finished. And they both smile for they know that in that moment, the light has won and the darkness has been bested. This is the good news that anyone who chooses to believe in such an event, in such a plan, in such a promise will be given a free gift. And the terms are very simple. You must turn around. You must repent from the way you are going and turn around. And you must put your trust in that creator. You will then be granted freely the gift of restoration with your maker. And through restoration experience true, full life. Full forgiveness, full redemption, and true love. You see, the good news is Jesus. By him, through him, because of him, we have bursting life, everlasting life eternal life. That is the good news. That is the gospel. So then back to our verse, back to our second question. Paul is motivated by the gospel to be a minister of Christ Jesus for the Gentiles. This is Paul's ministry. The question I posed to us at the start was, what does it mean to be a minister of Christ Jesus? The the, the word minister, if you take it in the verb sense, um, is this idea to attend to another's needs. That's the idea of the word minister. It's to attend to the needs of someone else or to something. Paul knows he has the remedy. You you, you can't be a minister if you don't believe that you have the thing to meet the needs. And he knows he has it. It's interesting. 
Paul has all of Scripture, all of the Old Testament that has already been written, and he chooses a verse out of Isaiah um, as his marching orders. It's verse 21. They who had no news of him shall see, and they who have not heard of him shall understand. I personally probably wouldn't have picked that verse as my marching order. I like the verses that says he loves me and that he's going to give me peace and that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I like those verses a little more. Paul says his motivation was this verse. They who had no news of him shall see and they who have not heard shall understand. A man can only say those words if he knows that he actually has the ability to give sight. And actually has something for them to hear that will change them. That he has the need. And the way to fix it. We talked two weeks ago. About this idea that all things. All creation. Is set in motion for for really one purpose. And it's to give glory to God. Right? Remember us talking about that two weeks ago? That, That all of creation. Me. You. All of creation's purpose was to give glory to God. And we asked the question, what, like, what's in it for us kind of thing, right? Like, that feels like I'm a puppet kind of thing. And then we, we came to this realization that if there is such a God that is that magnificent, that all glory goes to him, then he's also worthy of my hope, of my trust. Because it means he's bigger than me and he can deal with me. And so for Paul, he understands the truth of that. He says, if my life was going to count for anything, I'm not going to talk about anything else except for God working through me to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. That's all all I'm going to talk about. That's all that I'm about. And open door, I will tell you this. If we want to boil it down, it's what you have been created to do also. I wanted to ask the question today to, to start us off. What ministry do you feel like God has given you? What, what are the ministries that you feel like God has put in front of you? And I thought, you know what? It's a good question. But the truth is there's one ministry. There's, there's one ministry that those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ have been called into. And it is the ministry of spreading the good news, the gospel. There is a whole world that needs us. You see, we we make this statement at Open Door in our essentials, and I, I love this statement. It says, Come as you are, there is no clergy. There's there's no there's no priest, there's no there's no higher ups, there's just us. Right? I almost want to change it a little bit. I almost want to say there's only clergy. If you have chosen to put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are a royal priesthood. Like you are the clergy. You are the ministers of Jesus Christ. You are. I want to keep it that simple today. I just want it that simple. Just that thought. I fear saying some of these words. 
Because if, you're, if, if I'm sitting where you're sitting, I can feel like this guy's really ramped up and he's telling me I need to go tell more people about Jesus. And I can feel like, well, that's not something I do well. That's not something I like to do. That's something I'm scared of. That's weird. I feel weird when I do it. And, and, it, and it can create shame and it can create guilt and it can create a lot of feelings where you go, okay, I, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get, I get it. I don't want you leaving here today telling anyone about Jesus if you don't believe that this is good news. I want you to leave here today and I want you to ask yourself the question over and over again, do I believe that this is good news for me? Do I believe that what the plan, the promise, the gift, the, 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 the revival, the restoration, do I believe that is good news for me? And if you do, if you are fully convinced that it is the best news, then give it away. Like, give it away right away. Because there's a whole world that needs it. But if you are not convinced that it is good news, then I don't want you to stop reading until you are convinced it is good news. Because it is the best news. It is the only news that saves. It is the only news that promises life. Like life everlasting life. It is the only news. And so if you find yourself today going, I don't know if that's good news. I don't even know if I believe what he's saying. I... Keep reading. And find others who do believe it. And say, will you tell me about this Jesus? Will you tell me about this gospel? Will you tell me about this good news? And don't stop until you are convinced that it is the best news. And once you are convinced, now you're ready to go give it away. Now you're ready to be a minister of Jesus Christ. Because you have the remedy for the need. Let me pray. God, I hope these words honored you. I hope these words were truth. God, if they are truth, would you use these words today to awaken our spirits, to crave to be used by you, the God of the universe? God, would you encourage our, our hearts to leave here bold and courageous? We know that you have created us for such. We know that you have a world and a people and a creation that is dying and broken and you have set us into motion as your ministers. We believe that. Would you remind us of that daily? Would you set up situations where we get to be used that way? God, we need you and we want to be needed by you and we long to be a part of your mission. God, we trust you and we love you. We give you our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.